What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Filipinos of Montreal podcast, Filipino Heritage Month series. I'm Terry. I'm Eric. And I'm Shari. And today, joining us for this episode, we have Matt Akuba. Bro, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Nice to see you all. Nice to meet you all. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm really happy that you agreed to do this because I know that we would run into each other every now and then on Monklin, like as That's we're right. going forward. So that was always kind of cool. And uh, so for those of you who don't know, I'd like to say that uh, Matt is, um, and correct me if I get this wrong, but he's a, a hit trainer. Uh, he's an indoor cycling trainer, a personal trainer who I think really gives a lot to the people he works with. Uh, and you also have... Um, from what I see from your Instagram stories, an interest in tattooing. Uh, I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I started. I started doing some uh, traditional hand poke tattoo. Okay. Um, I I found that um, as as I got older, as I get older, um, I'm starting to reconnect to my heritage. Okay. So uh, and, and so um, I'm starting to learn Kali. Oh, really? And uh, and uh, because of the Aeta and the and you know the Igorot and those tribes that have the traditional uh, tattooing, I wanted to kind of like capture that uh, essence, you know, mm-hmm. the primal tribal essence, uh, which is a very powerful, forgotten part of our community, and yeah. and learn um, that uh, that style of tattooing or you know and then basically offer it to to the people. I might, uh, I might uh, call you up on that, actually. No, same here. I've been looking into that, too, man. Yeah, you know, no, that's... Before sorry, getting into the uh, nitty-gritty question for all of us, I always open with a silly question. Mm-hmm. Favorite mm-hmm. kind of cereal? Your favorite cereal growing up? Oh, Ooh. growing up, um, it'd be uh, Lucky Charms. Oh, uh, Lucky man. Charms, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Lucky Charms or Fruit Loops for me. It was a tie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about you guys? Eric, Shari. I'm a little bit boring. I think I'm I'm actually frosted flakes. That's still not <laughs> that's still not boring, man. Oh my gosh, me too, with just a bit of milk so I don't lose the sugar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, a <sure>. bit. <laughs> just a little bit of milk. Well the yeah, other question to that is the other question to that is do you put the milk in first or the cereal first? Oh man. C- cereal first. <laughs> cereal first, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do yeah, cereal yeah. first, and I could just kind of measure how much milk yeah. I want, you know, yeah, how exactly. how crispy I want my cereal, you know, and, and if it starts <laughs> to get soggy, then I'll just add, add more cereal. Yeah. So just I was, I was never ending thing. Cool. Well, listen, Matt, you know, you, you actually started touching upon it, you know, like you're trying, you're starting to reconnect with your Filipino roots and all that. Like, what led you to that? You know, so we're talking about you know, um, like an art that's almost lost in terms of tribal tattoos. But, you know, what was your your coming up as a Filipino in Montreal like? Okay, so I could, I could say, I could say that growing up, uh, I grew up Filipino, uh, but uh, somewhere along the way, I lost touch with it. I became whitewashed. All right, okay. I think that's something that y'all could, could understand uh, because of that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And also I saw a lot of... Um, of stigmas and stereotypes in our culture, which I wanted to break away from. And um, so it took a lot of courage for me to do that. I had to really dissociate from my community and some of my friends. They didn't understand it, but it was a mm-hmm. journey that I had to take and a, and a soul journey that I had to take to kind of figure out who I am outside the community, who my individual was. It, it was a couple, it was a long journey. And now that I am, I know who I am, mm-hmm. right, and I'm proud of who I am, 
uh, and I'm older and I'm wiser, I realize that I need to reconnect. And so the, the ways to reconnect would be finding things that interest interest you and 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 really hits hits you. So um, studying just the history of Philippines, you know, mm -hmm. even before the Spanish invaded, yeah. and seeing the uniqueness of our culture and 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 the power of our tribes um, was one of it. And 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 one thing that led me to that was uh, Cali. And one of my older brothers, I could say my mm -hmm. brothers, right? Because you know we're all related in some way. And it's kind of a respect, you know, that we have, all right? The, yeah. I think it's in the Tagalog that, you know, we have like yeah. a, a sign of respect, um, is a Cali master. And uh, he came to me because, you know, obviously I'm a personal trainer and I have my, I had my health issues, which I overcame. And he has similar health issues. So I opened up myself to help him out, you know, like, uh, and um, I'm trying to heal him because I, I am a healer. Uh, I'm not only just a trainer, I'm a polyathlete. So I did all, I, every sport that you could say, I kind of did it. Okay. All right. And so, and I take, uh, I take that knowledge and I take, uh, let's say yoga and, and, and energy healing mm -hmm. and my experiences healing. Um, uh, and I, and I offer it to him, you know, offer it to people that need it. Yeah. I think, can I think it's, just, sorry. For, oh, um, just yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Can I, can you just like explain to us what Cali is for those who, who don't know, or not familiar with it. So Kali is a Kali is a martial art, okay, mm -hmm. and uh, it derives with like stick fighting or knife fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually very popular now. You see it in all the movies. However, it's not. Um, I could say it, 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 you know, people won't really recognize it, right? It's still kind of underground. But yeah. any fighter that you talk to, like any real fighter. Uh, street fighter, police, military, they will know Cali because they've used it in their training. It's one of the most effective and simple ways and lethal ways of fighting, uh, which made uh, some of our fighters, uh, you know, um, one of the most highest regard fighters in the world in terms of military training. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, high level military, like uh, Filipino Cali trainers go to different special forces and they train the special forces uh, in, in this technique. And so it's, it's a highly regarded technique, but it's still kind of underground at this point. It's funny because I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and she was, um, she was getting vexed like at the, the fact that in <laughs> movies, you know, so we see it often because I, I remember when I was younger, her and I, we had trained a little bit in Cali too. Mm -hmm. And so you recognize it in some of the movies, but it's never acknowledged, right? Exactly. And like John, John Wick, for example, John Wick used so much Cali yeah. uh, in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, with, with the knife fighting, for example, mm -hmm. uh, you'll notice all the movements, you know, coming yeah. in. And so, uh, and, and it's beautiful to watch because the movements are beautiful. And, and if, when I started st watching John Wick or even movies earlier than, to, uh, than that and studying Bruce Lee and, and how, mm -hmm. for example, the nunchuck was, was uh, not a, a weapon that he used. It was mm -hmm. actually like something that was taught by a Filipino to oh, him. Oh, I had no idea. All right. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so um, that's when I first started my, piqued my interest. I'm like, well, why, why isn't this stuff being heard, you know? Yeah. And so I kind of did my own research and realized that there's so much that uh, we have as a culture. I think um, someone told me this once and I, and, and I, I laughed, but I kind of believed it because they, they say that the Filipinos are like the blacks of Asia. That's what they say. So if I, you know, like we're amazing athletes, we're amazing artists, singers, uh, you know, um, uh, 
as, as I saw in one of the podcasts, uh, the number one export of, of Philippines are, 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 are the people. People, right? yeah. And Shout so when chops. I went on a cruise, I go to cruise at Chops, you know, when I went on a cruise, the bands were Filipinos, the cleaners were Filipinos, yeah. anyone that was reliable were the Filipinos. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and so, uh, yeah, like, I, uh, that's, you know, that's where the culture comes from, right? And it's that underground culture. So now that underground culture is starting to come out and yeah. people are starting to recognize Filipinos, that big person that did that was Manny Pacquiao, I think was one of the person yeah. that really highlighted that. Definitely. So, yeah. uh, and that's why, uh, you know, whenever we see him, we're just so proud, right? Mm -hmm. To see someone that made it, right? Yeah. Someone that kind of like broke the stereotype and made it and like said, you know, like through the hard work and, through, and being humble, and, mm -hmm. and which captures pretty much the whole essence of, of Filipinos, hard work, humble, reliable, you know, uh, from the heart, you know, like, and, yeah. and, and, and the people support that, you know, so that's, that's one thing that we love about that. Yeah. I find, I find it so interesting that you kind of took this journey, this path, like to leave, not necessarily leave, but you left the Filipino community behind uh, to kind of find your way, but on your path, you found your way back, but in the way that, that you saw fit, I guess, like, mm. was that the plan? Was that like to leave to find out what it was or just to kind of, you know, honestly, I don't know the, the, or the journey lies. The path will take me where it's going to take me. Um, I, th I think everything comes around full circle. Mm -hmm. All right. And so um, now that I know who I am as a person, I'm confident with my own uniqueness and my, and my personality. Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to kind of like um, shed all the negative parts of growing up being negative Filipino mm -hmm. and, and kind of approach it with a mature way and I started just by whatever started my interest what sparked my interests you know okay. and then slowly it started getting into like politics and, and and other things and and world issues and so now I'm kind of a bit more uh on top of what's happening worldwide for Filipinos mm -hmm. I'm kind of like more connected yeah. but in terms of community I'm still not really connected to the community I was kind of like you know it's just kind of a journey for myself a personal journey for me okay what what were some of the things um, that kind of took you away from the community in the first place? If you don't mind getting into it a little uh, bit. I don't mind getting it all, you know, I just hope uh, <laughs> yeah, some people don't get offended by this, but. <laughs> it's all oh, love, well, man, it's all love. So, yeah. so, so, you know, uh, I grew up, I grew up really as a proud Filipino and, and, it, and it had to do with family right yeah uh it had to do with like the weekend dinners and the gatherings uh and, and uh, celebrations together mm -hmm. uh, a lot of i find the the strength of, of the philippine traditions come with family all right mm -hmm. but when the family's broken that's when the tradition gets broken that's when you kind of veer away all right mm -hmm. so when my father died and i was 11 um mm -hmm. i started to see the infighting okay I, I started to i started i was the pretty much the oldest of the family so i could I had to su emotionally support my mom so mm -hmm. then i started to see the conflict uh behind the veil that was put yeah. right and i started to see uh the stereotypes and a little bit of the racism and a little bit of this and that and and, and it you know and in family fighting and, and i i just kind of veered away from it uh because i thought family should be there with the thick and thin but then you know there was it, it was just a contrast mm -hmm. to that so so it felt like a big lie to me at that point and okay. um and so then from the father dying you know like we got we would go to church church was a big thing in our family you know we were like devout christians and catholics i was an altar boy 
and that lent me some support at first. My mother was deeply into the church, which, you know, like that's, that's her thing. And, I, and I'm, I'm happy for her for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, as I saw, like, I started to know who Filipino, like other Filipino families and, and in knowing like what they're going through and then the charade they would put out, you know, like, oh, we're such a good family. We're like this and that. And they go to church and everything this, but we know what's really going on like behind it right and, and it's just like a big like uh a show almost and and i just didn't like to be part of that i was like no nah, that's not how i want to be that's not you know i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna jump on the bandwagon okay. and so i was kind of like the first ones to like uh to leave to like not go to church you know that's a big thing you know when you're like well, your mom says, like <laughs> oh yeah we have mass at 11 30 and i'm like no uh i'm gonna go watch NBA inside stuff. So, <laughs> was it Ahmad, Ahmad Rashad back then? I don't remember. It was Ahmad Rashad back then, right? So, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> and, 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 so, uh, and so just even just breaking away from the church was also kind of like breaking away from, from the community. And so mm-hmm. my only connection after that was playing basketball. Okay. okay. And, 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 um, my, and, and some of my Filipino friends that I went to school with, but uh, which I grew up with. And, and as we got into college and stuff, like our, you know, we, we still remained friends, but we took different paths. Yeah. And so their paths still stayed with the community. And I started to do like other things. That's kind of, I, I, I broke away from basketball. I'll tell you a reason why after that, but <laughs> sure. I broke away. Please. And, and, and I started, um, uh, I met like a group of guys, a group of, like white guys, you could say, and sure. we really connected. <laughs> And, and I wanted to, and I'd watched, I think my first thing was I watched Point Break. It was one of my, <laughs> my big movies, a big thing. I got like Bodhi over here on my hands because it was like a character <laughs> I really connected to. Um, because when I watched that movie, I was like, where are the Asians people there? Right? It was just like, where, where are the Asian guys jumping out of the plane or like, you know, uh, doing all these surfing, you know, doing all yeah. this crazy stuff. So I was like, I wanted to be that guy that represented like, the like you know that guy that's going to be in that you know because there was no one in there so i wanted to be that guy i wanted to kind of be to take that step and step out of like okay we just play basketball and we go to like i just wanted to be that other guy so that's how it kind of it broke out you know but i could tell you there's layers that built up to that you know and it's i'd imagine there's layers i mean after years was it um what was i gonna ask like so when you broke away like how difficult was like like, did you know you were breaking away at that point? Like, you just kind of like uh, it, it was. It was a slow. It was a slow buildup. You know, it was a slow buildup. First of all, like uh, uh, growing up, uh, I didn't really date any Filipino girls. I grew mm-hmm. up pre- predominantly in a French neighborhood, mm-hmm. and and a white neighborhood. So then I started dating white girls and French girls and this and that. And you know, there was always a conflict there because you you know my parents like oh should just date Filipinos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which first of all, that kind of gave me a bad taste in my mouth. I can just be free to love who I wanted to love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it, it, like my, again, my last connection, my strongest connection to community was Philip was was basketball, the PBM, mm-hmm. and like you know. So then it came down to like the the, the West Island South Shore like rivalry, right? <laughs> here, we, here we go, here we go. And, and it, it out, okay, so and, and and obviously like we had like amazing talented players, right? Like we had yeah. uh, David and Keith and uh, and all those like these amazing guys from the West Island. You know, I got much respect for those guys. Yeah. And we had amazing talent in South Shore as well, right? Yeah. And, and and we were known as the bad boys, right? Like, <laughs> like we were really. I I don't think a lot of people liked us because we won a lot and we trash talked a lot. And and being being a single like being the uh, I I didn't have a father at that point, 
So mm-hmm. my, my idol, and I played just like Michael Jordan. So my, I, I, t- I trashed like Michael Jordan. I played the mind, mind games like Michael Jordan. Like I studied him and I see what he was doing and I was doing it to the players. Oof. And it came to a point where like, um, you know, they would play like a box in one where they would like <laughs> have like a box and then there'd be a guy on me. So the guy was on me. I would just mentally torment him. Like I would score on him. Like, you can't stop me. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, and it came to a point where we had a really heated game between West Island and, um, and uh, Bo Ben-Ohar, okay, <laughs> we all know Bo. Uh, Bo was on a breakaway uh, for like a breakaway and, and, and um, Keith was like running right after him, you know? And it was such, it, it was, it, he went up for a layup and it was such a dangerous play where Keith kind of deliberately pushed him, you know? It was like oh, the no. emotions were heated. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so, so like Keith hit, they both hit the wall and we all stood up and we started to clear the bench, all right? The both bench oh. cleared. Okay, so so the the kid, the kid, you know, all the kids are kind of like infighting, kind of thing, like grabbing and pulling, and what got me was that there was only one parent that came out of the the out of the the, the sidelines, and he came for me, right? <laughs> he grabbed me oh. and he pulled me and ripped my jersey, and and he was like, and I was like, yeah, you want you want a piece of me? I'll give you a piece of me right now. And at that point, that's when I kind of broke, because like. Yeah. I thought like, you know, all right, you know, like everybody's here for love, like even the adults be like, you know, let's, let's, let's have some peace. But I got some, it became like a real enemy at that point. I, I started to, to regard like, okay, you know what, you're, you want to fight me? You're my enemy. At that point. Mm-hmm. So that's the point where I kind of broke off and I, and I, and I stopped playing basketball at that point because it, it just gave me a bad, um, a bad feeling you know okay. and so uh, and so it was a sad it was a sad moment in my life where I kind of let go of basketball mm-hmm. uh, because I was super talented in it I had scholarships for it oh, but really? it was also yeah yeah I had scholarships you know for Dawson and, and stuff like that and then I just realized you know what I think I'll take a different path a path that's going to um, that's out of anger and out of like that that kind of rage you know because I'm still growing up yeah. and I'll just try to discover myself another way you know and so leaving the basketball community meant leaving my friends and leaving like that life, which was mm-hmm. really hard. And, and, and at that point, I was kind of alone at that point, you know? So, yeah. so it's, it's navigating yourself in this world. First of all, I'm not French, right? Yeah. And I'm brown, right? Yeah. And I, look, I'm looking at all your last names, right? Like Ramos, Quintana, like, you know, you look yeah. at my last names, Ag- Aguba, right? Yeah. And that's not a typical last name for a Filipino. And and the, that's because I'm uh, Nigerian descent. Okay. Oh wow! Oh. No idea. So I have I have black in my family, all right, and I have Japanese in my family, and I have Chinese in my family, and obviously we have Hispanic. So I'm a mix of every race. Yeah. But I'm a I, I'm, I'm I'm but my my descendants are are the Moors, the ancient Moors from Nigeria that went to Spain and Italy, and they were like the Muslims, and then I guess the, you know one of the guys was uh, working on a ship. <laughs> and then he all, and then he ended up in the Philippines and then stayed there and got someone pregnant and da 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 and here I am. So I'm a, I'm a product of mixed generations. So like even growing up, all right, I'm darker than most Filipinos. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm not built like most Filipinos. I'm like taller. I'm like yeah. you know like my my physique is completely different. My nose is completely different. My last name is different. So even from the last name, when people are calling out the last name, mine was so different. And I, I in the beginning I was kind of ashamed of that. You know, really? it's kind of like. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, you don't belong, right? Like you have Dos Santos and Ruiz and this and that and then Aguba. Like, like, what, what is that, you know? So I, I just kind of felt that separation from the very beginning from, from that, from, from Filipinos, you know? 
And then, and then the whole stereotype, like, oh, white, lighter is better, or whiter is better, meaning a lighter yeah. Filipino, right? Yeah. And so I kind of like, you know, I'm like, uh, look at my skin. I'm like, well, I don't think, uh, I, am I beautiful? You know, am I a beautiful person being a darker Filipino? Yeah. And so that was kind of the stigmas that I had to get over. And I had to break from the community to like find, to like eliminate the stigmas, eliminate the, that, that conditioning that was in my head. And and find my own beauty and find and find myself. So you know. So yes. yes. No, I want to say thanks for sharing all of that. Actually, I think that's echoing what a lot of different people think, uh, but it's said a little bit more succinctly. You know, because you know a lot of us growing up dealt with a lot of those, let's say, issues that we didn't particularly enjoy about the culture or that we felt mm -hmm. might be synonymous with Filipino culture. And, and I find that a lot of us maybe around our age, like, you know, give or take 10 years type of thing are all kind of finding our way back around to trying to like rediscover, which is, you know, I know that's the case for me. Uh, I feel like that's the case for a lot of people I've been running into and, and right now is the case for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really happy that you shared that because I think it takes a lot to share something like that, like to say that, you weren't exactly happy with it, but you're still proud to be Filipino and you're trying to figure out what that is. Yeah, right I, I can't, I can't erase this, right? This is who yeah. I am. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and even like just my mentality, uh, you know, it's our experiences that create who we are. Yeah. And so yeah. I can't erase that experience. I don't regret it. You know, yeah. uh, for some reason, God kind of like served that to me so that I can maybe open the minds and, 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 and inspire like younger Filipinos who feel kind of trapped in their culture. So, yeah. so that being said, you know, uh, after exploring some of the things that, you know, took you away from the community, uh, now that you're like, I wouldn't call it on the rebound, but like, now that you're like, you know, on this path of discovery or rediscovery, uh, when it comes to like, let's say the youth, the youth, younger people, what do you think is important to share about Filipino culture? Um, well, you know, obviously you have to retain, uh, you know, retain the traditions, but the positive traditions that we have. Mm -hmm. right? and, not, and not moving away from that. Uh, obviously, uh, with the times that we're going through right now with racism and stuff like this, we, I think yeah. every Filipino has, has experienced racism, mm -hmm. even growing up and, and through ignorance or whatever. And mm -hmm. so just to, it, to, to inform them and to give them the tools to, to embattle it and so that their mental health won't decline because I find that a lot of Filipinos suffer from mental health. It's like one of the biggest things, which is a kind of a, an underground thing too, right? Yeah. But it, it, it's kind of huge. And um, <clears throat> God, I kind of lost my train of thought there. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but, uh, um, about what to so, share with, with uh, about the I, I, I would, I would I would just kind of, I would, I would just kind of say, look, Find a Filipino person that inspires you mm -hmm. and, and uh, some sort of role model. And, and like um, every Filipino I find is approachable. Every Filipino will want to help a younger generation because mm -hmm. we want that generation to be better than our generation now. Right. Yeah. And so we want to see successful Filipinos. Like I don't see any, like I don't see any um filipino owned businesses like real owned businesses like from let's say from the chicken to like the like the farmer to the chicken to like going to that to the table right to a, a filipino owned mm -hmm. restaurant uh or they own their own land or they own let's say uh, a basketball like you know like just i don't really know too many too many successful filipinos a lot of it's like okay i'm gonna go work and i'm gonna send back money back to my family and it's just kind of like that cycle right yeah, yeah. going on or like you know um 
uh, just play the safe game. Don't risk it. You know, become a nurse, become this, your aunt's a nurse, we're all nurses, just be proud of it. But don't like, you know, like if, if, if you try to shoot for something more, you might fail. It's like this fear of failure. And I'm like, you know what? Don't fear, don't fear anymore. There's no more fear, fear of failure. There's so many tools out there uh, that our parents didn't have, that our, our, our ancestors didn't have, that we have now. So like, let's just break that stigma and shoot for your dreams. You know, okay. and there's so many people out there, other Filipinos that will they'll help you for that. Yeah. You, know? you, you mentioned uh, failure. So my next question is a little bit of a double-edged sword. <laughs> you know, what's, what's failure slash success to you? Um, all right. So failure slash success. So I think a failure for me is, is, is um, the failure to, to, uh, to be authentic with yourself. All right. Okay. Uh, the failure to, to strive for your own dreams. All right. Mm -hmm. And, and success to me is anything that you do when you wake up and you're happy to do it. All right. And you're proud of doing it and there's no guilt and you're not hurting anybody with, with, with what you're doing. I think that's success. If you're able to provide a service or you're able to provide uh, food and shelter for your family while doing it at the same time, Mm -hmm. I find success. It doesn't have to be, you got to be the richest guy. You could be a, you could be a, a potato farmer, yeah. but be like an amazing potato farmer and love to get up every morning and love what you're doing. All right. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and take care of your family and be an honest man or be an honest woman. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, you know, just, just be, do good to other people. I think that's successful. I think that's yeah. the true virtue of success. And, awesome. and I think the Filipino people capture that except for the striving for the more, you know? Mm. And now I think the young youth are like, not my generation, but the generation below that are starting to do that. They're starting to be amazing dancers. I start to see them in commercial. I start to see this amazing teachers and, and bringing up the next generation and, and breaking that stigma. I just, I start, I'm starting to see that now, which is so amazing and so hopeful, which is what's bringing me back to the community. It's just bringing me back to my heritage, seeing nice. that, yeah. Cool. So, sorry, I'm going to ask one more question. I, I don't want to take too much keep longer. Asking, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, no, because now I'm curious what your definition of happiness is. It might be similar to success, but. Well, my, de my definition of happiness is um, to wake up every morning knowing that um, maybe what I've, I, like, maybe what I've done may not, like, people may not remember what I've done mm -hmm. or uh, people may not remember what I've said but they'll always remember how I made them feel. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I changed something in their life. Like, okay, so at 29, 30, I had a heart attack. Okay. At, at two. All right. Oh my God. And that was like a changing point in my life. And, uh, and I went, I, I, I literally like, I, you know, I, I, I could tell you my afterlife experience cause I went there and I came back and I came back knowing what I needed to do. And what I needed to do was to, to, to serve people to be a teacher and to provide an experience for people to help them elevate themselves. So that's my mission in life right now is to help elevate other people and to teach them and to help them out, help heal them, whatever obstacle they're going through, whether it be chemo, whether it be a mental, some sort of mental disease, uh, I, I've learned the tools to help them. And so that's, that's to, to raise their vibration, to raise their conscious awareness, uh, awareness because right now we're going through an awakening. 2020 yeah. is an awakening. Okay, mm -hmm. for everyone, people are starting to wake up, 
And so there are people in place, empaths in place. I'm an empath. So there are people in place that will feel things out and, and, okay. and help awaken the, the collective. And so I'm one of those people. And I find that there's a lot of Filipinos out there that are empaths. Uh, yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I, I remember watching one of your Instagram stories actually. It's somebody that we both know. I won't I won't name her just you know in case she doesn't want to. But... Don Mauricio. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. no, but I saw you training her, like you know, training like so training. Uh, and then I think there was one time where you actually went, I think, to like a Whole Foods store, like a grocery store. Yes. Like, like you were going like that extra step of like, okay, this is what you want to eat for this. This is what mm -hmm. you want. To for that and like I don't know it just seemed very immersive kind of connecting with what you're talking about in terms of um, you know just trying to help trying to teach trying to elevate you know take yeah. what you know and, and impart it on other people so yeah it, it, it all comes in from like for, I think the first thing that comes in is with the body comes to what, what you eat right mm -hmm. so so people have a kind of misconception of all right you know um, that uh, we could kind of eat anything we want and still be good and still feel good and whatever. But mm -hmm. a lot of the food that we eat are processed and it's just not going to like, it, it creates blockages in our body. Mm -hmm. And I found, and, and, uh, and I, I would talk to like a lot of my Filipino friends and we, and we, I, I'm like, why, why is Filipino food so fattening? You know, like, why is it so unhealthy, but so rich and so tasty? Yeah. And, and, and we looked into it because, you know, another, uh, you know, it's, I have, I'm friends with a lot of older Filipinos. And, and yeah. this is the questions that we ask, like, it's so good, but man, I can't eat too much because I'm going to get blow up. Right. Yeah. And the reason why is because we were workers of the land. All right. We mm. were land. All right. We, at, back in the day, we were all farmers. We worked the land. We were hard workers. So we needed that sustenance to keep us going. Cause we didn't eat three square meals a day. We probably eat one meal and work the land for like 10 hours. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we needed that rich food. We needed that. And, and, and we ate what's available to us, mm -hmm. you know? So, so, um, I had to, to, when some Filipinos approached me cause they were still kind of stuck in that cycle. All right. Uh, I had to reteach them how to heal themselves through food. So that's one of the things I do is, cool. is heal healing through food. Nice. All right. Well, listen, I think before we hit our next segment, uh, which is going to be fun and interesting, um, do you guys have anything you wanted to ask anything to share? You know, I got, uh, I got a question. I love hearing, you know, people's journeys that they take to kind of find themselves. You have like this level of self-awareness, bro. I'm curious to know when did you become more self-aware of, who you wanted to be and when did you kind of start feeling like, okay, I'm on my path to authenticity? Uh, well, it, it, it all comes through uh, my life death experience. All right. Mm -hmm. So every time you, every time a person dies, okay, there's, um, there's, uh, I think, uh, some sort of chemical that gets released into your pineal gland called DMT. All right. So I had two shots of DMT in my pineal gland. And what happens is that the veil of, our, of, of, of what's happening in front of us or of, of our reality or this dimension becomes really thin. So then I could start to, I could feel what you're feeling. I could feel what you're feeling. I could feel what this person's feeling. I could see, like, I could, I could just walk by them and, and kind of have a vision of what's going on. Uh, I could see spirits, okay, which is, you know, uh, which is another story all, on, <laughs> all, all together uh, because it freaked me out at first. I didn't understand it. Mm. And so with that, with, with all this new stuff with that veil thinning, like I think most people that, that go through that, they, they try to numb it out. So I had to like, so I had my journey of trying to numb it out and that didn't work and okay. it happened again. And so I started to meditate. 
I started doing yoga, uh, Kundalini, and started doing breathing exercises. Uh, I started doing uh, Wim Hof and uh, like uh, uh, throwing myself into like freezing water, you know, wow. and uh, like doing all these extreme things to take myself into an to another level. Okay. And through that level, I, I found a, a, a body awareness and an and and emotional and spiritual awareness or, or, or awakening. And so I try to, to transmit that to other people. But yes, like through that, through that, through dying and coming back, uh, it just kind of like deteriorated, deteriorated the, 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 the field that we could see right now. I could kind of see beyond that. So I could, I could kind of see what's going to happen in the future. I kind of like, I talk to like my friends like this and this and this is going to happen. They're like, you're crazy. And it actually <laughs> happens. So, yeah. But that's crazy, getting, right? It, it takes time. It takes, well, it took me a lot of time to kind of trust my intuitions and to feel people's energy. Mm -hmm. and, and just to say like from the, I've only met you today, even through the screen, like within the first five minutes, I felt your level of self-awareness and I really felt like an authentic energy from you. So it was really, it was pretty cool. That That's all like, you know, like, uh, that's all I could do. I could, I am, I am who I am and mm -hmm. I project who I am, you know, uh, because uh, as you get older, you can become wiser you, be, you gain confidence with who you are and there, i can't i can't be anything else you know like if i don't know something i'll say i won't know it you yeah. know and so there's a lot of people that don't have that confidence and they'll try to make things up and you and then they start to sound unauthentic mm -hmm. and, and so but but it comes with age it comes with knowing who you are and and just kind of facing your demons right mm, 100%. and i and i face and I, i'm telling you man i face my demons like head on right and and through that battle through that struggle you create your own identity a hundred percent like i think it's i think i shared that with uh, eric and shari before it's you got to hit rock bottom to make it back to the top and you need that rock bottom like, mm -hmm. like you said before uh we, when you're younger you fear failure but you kind of need failure to grow so mm -hmm. yeah like you know i could tell you a story uh, real quick about hitting rock bottom right it was a and it's a moment in my life that will is it's kind of like uh, this this moment that kind of really showed me that I hit rock bottom, and it was after my heart attack. Okay, obviously I couldn't work, all right, mm -hmm. and I was in a relationship, and obviously that other person couldn't carry the burden of me be having a heart attack, right? So I, the relationship was done, mm -hmm. all right. Mm -hmm. So then I had to move back home. I was like what twenty nine, thirty year old in a mom's basement, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 so I wanted to go work out. And I had like hardly any money on me, right? I had like just enough to go there and come back. So, you know, auto park, you take the 45, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? You take the 45. I lived in the T section. It was about a 30 minute walk to the auto park, minus 30 degrees. So I'm walking there, minus 30 to, to auto park. I do my workout. I don't even have enough money to eat after my workout. So I take the, the bus back to the auto park. It's like freezing cold, like nine o'clock in the evening. And and I'm walking with this heavy bag, uh, with penniless, all right, to my mom's basement, all right, and, and feeling like so beaten up and so like low. And I see like these SUVs driving by with families, you know, like all comfortable over the bridge, over that overpass from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I just like started bawling, man. I'm like, why, why is this happening to me? Why am I struggling? Why, you know, but it taught me something. It taught me that I that even through the lowest of the low, I'm still here. I survived that, and that experience will help me connect to other people that hit that low, 
And so uh, a real healer is someone that went through all the struggles. So then he could or she could connect to, this, to that person that went through that struggle and be authentic. It's not by theory. It's like, well, you know, like my mom died and like, or like this person's mom died and this is how they went through it, but it's not firsthand. And I went through everything almost firsthand. You name it, I've gone through it. And so, and so um, having those lows in your life is hard. Even I think people are going through a lot of lows now. I, I'm basically going through my struggles now. Like you, obviously there's things that you're probably going through that's starting to come up and you have to deal with because it's yeah. uncomfortable, but it's those uncomfortable sessions. Like being uncomfortable is where you make the change. There's no change being comfortable. You have to be uncomfortable to make change. I like that. Yo, thanks for sharing that. Sorry, I have so much to ask yeah. him, but I'm gonna let you take it because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the forum is open. So. <laughs> you mentioned earlier how um, you got into uh, traditional tattooing, hand poking. Hand mm -hmm. poke, right? Hand um, poke, yeah. Can you can you tell us a bit about that? Like how you got into it? Because I know it's a it's a very rich and, and spiritual process. It's a ceremony. Like um, yeah, like can you tell us about how you got into that? Um well I you know, first of all, I think almost all Filipinos are artists. It's kind of like inherent, it's kind of like a a a gift that we have culturally. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, if it's either drawing, I know like amazing like artists, like painters and drawers, like even growing up, I'm like, oh my God, these guys are just amazing. Or musicians, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Amazing singers, guitar players, drummers, whatever. Okay, so I, I think that art is kind of like in, in our culture, all right? And so how I got into tattooing was, um, <clears throat> I got my first tattoo and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I was, I was just watching how to do it. I'm like, well, if they could do it, I could do it, right? Mm -hmm. But I wanted to be different. Again, it's like, it's always like, I didn't want to follow, jump on the bandwagon and do what they're doing. I wanted to be different. I'm like, well, what is something different but is really raw and authentic? And so I started doing like some research and I saw that there was a, there was Filipino tattooing. And I was like, whoa, what, what's this? Like all the tribal, it almost, almost looked Maori, right? It's like very yeah. Polynesian style yeah. and it's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful, right? Very intricate and beautiful, the lines and the designs. It's like, it's, and, 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 and it, it told a story, like each tattoo was a meaning, right? If yeah, you're a warrior, your, like region and exactly yeah. right and and if you're like say a warrior like you'll like you know like they'll have let's say a, a tattoo for each kill that you have right mm -hmm. i thought that was like super fascinating like, well, that's pretty cool <laughs> and and so i started doing research there and i saw the links between like our 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 our, our culture and other polynesian cultures and their tattoo designs and then I started realizing, and then I started to see how they would apply the tattoo. And it was very similar. If you look at Japanese tattooing, right, it's almost done the same way as Filipino tattooing where they prepare the, the, the ink, you know, it's, it's a very natural source. Uh, the tools that they use back in the day, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it all kind of like it was together. So I'm like, all these cultures share that almost something very similar on, the, on that scope. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to tap into that, to that scope and bring it into the modern world and keep it authentic. So whenever I do, let's say, um, I'm working on someone right now who's a yogi and he's doing a yantra or some sort, it's a very magical design, but it has to be like done in a certain way. So we like, uh, so I think next week on the 21st is the full moon, okay, or what we call the new moon. And so there's like a spiritual gate that opens. And so we're trying to 
tap into that power of that new moon and i'm gonna and there's a certain so what i do i'll, I'll sage my ink and there's some uh and a mantra that i'll have to say to to bless the the needle and bless the ink and then there's other mantras i'll say while i tattoo right to create to 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 instill that power because i find the images and the power that we that we put on our bodies it it, it kind of it not only does it tell a story and it, it brings out our own personality onto our skin but it captures a power especially if you put on let's say runes let's say celtic runes or or, or sanskrit right mm. or, or tapping in i i have like in on my buddha over here and you can't see it but my one of my first tattoos was a was a family tattoo that we got when my whole family got together and my cousin did research on the language of the filipino before the spanish hit came in and it looked very sanskrit almost right i i never knew about this but uh, yeah. and i was like oh that's really cool so i had my la the, uh, uh, it was like a, a filipino alphabet before the spanish came in i think if you do research on it you'll see the alphabet yeah. and it's really cool the way the designs are it almost looks very sanskrit and i and i had that put on and i always look at it and i and i know that our culture is goes beyond the Spanish. It goes, it, it predates that. Yeah. And, and, and so I tapped into that power over here, which gave me that connection to being a Filipino, even though I was not in the community. Okay. All right. So, and, and so people ask me like, what's that? I'm like, this is my last name in the old Filipino alphabet before the Spanish hit. And, and they'd be fascinated by it. Oh my, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's really cool, you know. <laughs> so, yo, I gotta so, research yeah. that now. I'm, I'm super curious about it now. So, <laughs> look it up. Look it up. The Filipino alphabet, you know, before the Spanish shit, yeah. and you'll see. Like, it's it's really fascinating to tell you the truth. And so, you know, like, 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 let's say the Spanish or like the South Americans or like any anything where the Spanish kind of conquered, they eliminated that culture, like the Native Indian culture. The Native Indian culture was very spiritual, very like uh, a part of the earth. And I found that, that the tribals of the Filipino tribes are also respectful and very and, and connected to the earth. And so we lost that connection to that, to, to that earth. We're kind of like, I find we kind of like lost right now because we're just, you know, people find, uh, find, find um, um, some sort of connection with God and Jesus Christ. But, mm -hmm. we, but, but our culture kind of predates that, you mm -hmm. know? And so, and when I started hearing, for example, when, when all this stuff with the priests going on, I was like, I couldn't align myself to that. And so I had to like, I, I had to break away from all this. That's where I break away from the culture as well, uh, because it was very linked to Catholicism, like hardcore, you know? If you look at the, the videos of the Philippines, sometimes when they do like the, for Easter, they reenact the, the thing of Jesus Christ. It's like, it's like hardcore, man. Like they're like the guys carrying the cross and they're whipping them. It's like, they really reenact that stuff, yeah. you know? And, and so it, it kind of told me like, man, we kind of lost our connection to who we really are because we got um, uh, like the Spanish wiped out our culture almost, you know? And so I, yeah. that's what I'm trying That's So that the whole tattoo thing is kind of like my connection to the, to the culture before the Spanish hit. Wow. That's a cool gateway. Totally. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, are you guys ready for the, the next? Uh, I want to see your answers for the next uh, bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Sherry, I think you're going to do the. Um, so she has like a little foghorn on her. Okay, let me know oh. if you guys hear this. 
I think I heard it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I heard, I heard a little. It's a very little faint. Something. Yeah. yeah very let, me, <laughs> let me put my volume a little louder. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there you go. Yes. Yeah, yes. There you go. Okay. Right, right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, Are we so, ready? Yes. Yeah. So answer as many questions as you can in the next minute. Uh, and she'll let us know when the minute's over. All right. <laughs> okay. Ready. Set. Go. Favorite Filipino food? Adobo. Okay. Go to karaoke song. Um, you two, uh, I don't know, something by you two. You don't care. Favorite spot in Montreal? Um, Lachine Canal. Nice. Celebrity crush? Uh, oh my God, just too many of that. <laughs> I can say Catherine Zeta Jones. Cool. Um, do you have a Tito boy in your family? Yes, I do. <laughs> How many do you have? He's, I have one, but he's, he's, he encaptures the essence of Tito boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite pair of sneakers? Uh, uh, oh boy. I say my space like Jordans. Cool. Uh, favorite old school jam? Um, hmm, God, uh, Watchtower by Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Nice. Um, what are you watching on Netflix right now? Damn. Nothing. Oh, zero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I think right now in with, with what's going on in our world, we're we're living in a, a, a like a a crazy fiction episode. There's like so much that's happening right now that whatever I watch on TV it doesn't even like doesn't compare matter. to okay. to to what's happening right now. So I'm really I'm really like immersed with like politics and world events and community events and how that kind of like ties them together. Cool. Nice. Yo, uh, Matt, thanks again for coming on today and sharing everything that you did. Bro, Before closing you. out the episode, is there any shout outs you want to give out to, to a person or give an awareness to an organization? Uh, okay. Well, for, I wanted to always give a shout out to the Flores brothers, for example. They're super inspirational to me. They are the epitome of what a successful Filipino are all right they're, they're not only multicultural like having multicultural children but they followed their dreams they're like extremely successful they always give back to the community mm -hmm. and uh and they're, they're always a positive they're like when you see them they're always positive they're always like you know it, it so so uh I'm, I always that that's I when I tell people what who do you find a successful Filipino I'm like check it look at the floors look yeah. at the floors because they 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 went for their dreams and their, and their work ethic was like, it aligns with the Filipino work ethic, you know? They're always connected to their culture. They always promote their culture and, uh, and they always give back to community. So that those guys are, those guys are, are, are the ones, yeah. Cool. Yo, man, thanks so much for that. Uh, guys, on behalf of Filipinos of Montreal, we out.